welcome to the Blue and White Brothers, the podcast all about Penn State football. Conversation and commentary from a fan perspective. I'm Tom Gaffman. And I'm Andy Gaffman. And we are the Blue and White Brothers. Two brothers, two takes, one team. Well, bro, we, uh, we are in the last week of the season. Can you believe it? Um... No, it doesn't feel real. <laughs> no. Um, like we just like tra- like time traveled from, you know, week zero to now. Yeah. And, um, you know, some of it is just that how fast time passes. Some of it is the fact that we just didn't quite uh, get the results that we we're hoping for this season. But we still do have one game on the docket. It's against Michigan State coming up this week. We're going to get that in a second. But it's also... It's also Thanksgiving week, bro, and we ended the last episode with some gratitude, and I figured I'd start this episode with a little bit of uh, Thanksgiving talk and wondered, A, what are your Thanksgiving plans, and B, uh, what are your Thanksgiving food plans, and do you have any uh, things that you're particularly looking forward to this coming week? Well, um... I wish I could say that I have glorious Thanksgiving plans. Um, I have no Thanksgiving plans as far as like Thanksgiving is concerned. Um, Kate and I will be staying here. We have an old elderly, possibly dying dog. We're taking oh, care of at this, at this point in time. She just spent, spent most of the day on Sunday in the emergency room getting oxygen. She's having heart failure. Um, there's a lot of going on with that. We're also moving on December 1st. So, you know, cooking a turkey and Thanksgiving dinner for two um, doesn't really feel like much of a, you know, interesting. <laughs> I'd rather, we're going to go out to eat. We're going to go out to eat somewhere. Um, she got, um, Kate got a, a reservation at, at a nice restaurant. Um, and hopefully I won't be eating a smiling duck. Uh, I was gonna say as that per, was Christmas, but I yeah, get it. Like, yeah, <laughs> you know, it looks smiley. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, you know, I, I'm I'm not super like you know stoked on Thanksgiving this year for me. Yeah, I haven't been home for Thanksgiving. I don't even think in several years now. No, it's um, been a while, man. I think it's since since twenty maybe since twenty twenty. I has been. I think that was at your house too. I yeah, believe. that sounds right. Yeah. Well, yeah. so, you were back east, you yeah. know, you, that was the year that you were um, up in Pennsylvania. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Since you've been on the West Coast, I don't think you've come back. This it's is understandable. not the West Coast. I am not West Coast. I mean, not West Coast. Well, <laughs> out west. Mountain out west. standard yeah. time zone. Right. Um, yes. But yeah, so nothing crazy for me, although there is a lot of fluctuating in my life currently. Um, yeah, I've got a lot to pack up here and move by the first. So that's all continue. That's all beginning this week as far as packing and all that kind of goes. Yeah, for me, um, we're going to be going up to our sister Lara's. Uh, they've invited us for Thanksgiving. Um, so looking forward to that. Going to have uh, the whole fam there, right? Uh, not, qu- I mean, are the McSween's close. going? Close. Um, so Carolyn is going. David, uh, her her husband David is taking the kids down to Tennessee. Uh-huh. Um, Split so- them up. 
Yeah, I guess so. Um, and uh, Carolyn's staying a little closer to home. She's been teaching at Lewisbrook High this year, uh, English teacher, and it's her first year teaching full time. And so she wanted to stay closer to home and get caught up on stuff, I think. Um, so she and mom and dad will be driving uh, down to um, you know the Philly area for Thanksgiving. So we'll get to see. I wish I could be there. Laura's got a nice spot for hosting. Um, uh, she does. And, yeah. and so looking forward to uh, some turkey and, and you know, we'll be bringing a couple of things. Eileen uh, I, and I make um, some homemade bread stuffing that we'll be bringing along. And I think I'm going to be making an apple pie as well. Um, That's what I'm going to miss. I'm going to miss all the leftovers and pies. Yeah. And I, there will be none of that in my life, unfortunately. I, I was so. saying to Eileen that... Um, I definitely don't mind not hosting, and Laura does a great job hosting, but I definitely feel like even if we come home with some of the leftovers... It's not the same as hosting. You get lots you're not, of leftovers You're not going to get hosting-level leftovers. I yeah, actually no. had my... I kind of turning the wheels thinking like, I wonder if I should cook a turkey next weekend just so <laughs> have a little spare uh, on the I side. Yeah, exactly. I, I don't think that's going to happen. That would be uh, I foolish. Think what I, I think what I'll do is I'll, I'll get some sort of like pre-made um, turkey breast of some sort. Um, I think I'll find ways of making turkey-like, turkey thanks like Thanksgiving dinner-like uh-huh. uh-huh. um, meals. Like maybe like for breakfast, I'll do like, uh, I'll make waffles out of stuffing and and I'll put, you like, know, a lot of time grocery stores will sell just the turkey breast with the bone yep. in. Yep. And and so you can just roast the turkey breast yep. and then, you know, that's throw what I'll do. Mash- yeah, that's, that's what I'll do. There you go. Yeah, that's what I'm going to do. I, I, and and what I'll do is I'll find ways of making other meals out of it. Like I'll, yep. I'll make a uh, a stuffing waffle sandwich that'll have yeah, like perfect. mashed potatoes, gravy, cranberry and turkey in it. Yeah. 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 Well, uh, <laughs> bro, if you if you guys make it back uh, east for for Christmas, maybe maybe we can have you guys down and do a, uh, a Thanksgiving round two. That'd be great. Yeah. But uh, anyway, um, no yeah, promises. Well, well, well <laughs> looks like sounds like you got a lot going in your life. I mean, it, it's got to take a lot to knock out the Thanksgiving meal. So I, you know, appreciate yeah. you, and we'll be thinking about you as you <laughs> go through you. all this stuff, man. Thank you. Um, well, look, um, we've got uh, a few things coming up in this particular episode. We've got a mailbag entry. Uh, we will be scouting the Michigan State Spartans. Uh, we've got a buy the numbers coming up, and um, you know, as we get into the episode, I want to remind everyone to subscribe and follow the podcast. Uh, don't forget to share with your Penn State friends. Uh, write us a review. You know, hey, if you're thankful for the Blue and White Brothers, one way you could show it is by going onto your uh, podcast service and writing us a nice review. Give us a five-star rating um, as we close the season out. Um, that'll actually help boost our ratings so that people can find us here at the end of the season and maybe uh, launch us into uh, s- some new listeners for next year. Um, lastly, we will probably have one or two mailbags uh, by the end of the season, even though this is our last game. I'm sure next week we'll have a mailbag or two and then going into the bowls. If you have a mailbag entry for us, uh, send us an email, blueandwhitebrothers at gmail.com. And bro, with that, um, let's go ahead and open up the mailbag. Mailbag time. That, the, the sound of the train um, whistle blowing, well, like that speci- every time I hear that, that specific sound reminds me of Back to the Future 3. 
Oh yeah, totally. <laughs> it, always, it always just reminds me of the, of them blowing the whistle or whatever I mean, on the train at the end. <laughs> well, I don't remember how many years we've used this uh, little ditty, but but when I was making it up, I was picturing a train platform very similar to like Back to the Future Three, <laughs> like a little wet old western. The train's coming in, is bringing yeah, the mail. They haven't course, gotten to see all you know all week. And anyway, um, yeah. So here we go for the mailbag. Uh, one of our last of the seasons. Uh, one entry by Scott Hagerman. Um, ha- I don't think Scott has written in uh, this season yet, but he's written in, in previous seasons. So, Scott, thanks for writing in. We're glad to, to connect with you. Um, in fact, he starts off by saying, uh, hey, Tom and Andy, I've been meaning to write to you guys. And here we are, just two games left. So this obviously came in before the Rutgers game. Um, wishes us well. He said he's still fuming uh, with us after another futile offensive showing uh, after the Michigan game. We like game. to froth. We froth here. That's true. Or frothers. More, more frothing than fuming. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We fume up to the froth, all right? Yeah. So anyway. <laughs> uh, man, he, he, he says, uh, to be honest, I didn't watch the Michigan game as I was in Asheville, North Carolina. He said he caught some of the beginning of the third quarter while having lunch and saw the fumble by Aller. He said, that was enough for me, and it was time to hit the road. (laughs) Uh, But uh, anyway, he goes on to say, um, you know, a couple of things, just thoughts about the the season um, and kind of being deflated um, and uninspired by the way Penn State has performed. Um, And and so I'm going to get into his question here. He says, uh, one big question for you both. The fan base is very angry these days with a likely third place finish in the Big Ten East again, especially given our talent level. A lot of fans want Franklin fired, but with the huge buyout, it's not happening. Penn State is not Texas A&M. And Franklin has done a lot for the program, even though it appears he has reached a ceiling. One thing he is not is a good game day coach. And so my question is, if you could pick the next Penn State head coach, who would it be? Wow. If we could pick it. If we could pick if we the, could the pick coach. The, exactly. Wow. I've what never do you really think? He, he has his answer. I wanna, I'm going to wait till I, I reveal what that is, but I'm curious. What's your take on that, bro? Man, that's a very loaded question. I've literally never considered. Like, If I had my pick of any coach – in all of football, who would I choose? It's like, is money no object in that point? In that question? I mean, I guess the question is how realistic are you supposed to be? You right, know, like, right. That's what I'm getting at here. Do like, they have to be living for one? Well, <laughs> you know? the do- yeah, that's another <laughs> great question. Um, Man, if I had to choose any, I mean, shoot, like I would just, I, I would just say, call it a day, go Nick Saban or, or Kirby Smart. I would take Kirby, obviously. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I totally. would. I would. I mean, I would. I would take Kirby Smart. I. That's the, the, that's the sure thing. That's the most sure thing you could possibly fathom. You can't like, I don't know, like Joe Brady up at 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 the Bills. He's now their interim OC. Like, I don't even know if he's he's at play if he gets the job up at the Bills. But like, that that's what you would really like if you if you couldn't get one of these other guys who are already head coaches. You're like, who's the next up and coming person? And and Cody from Pittsburgh, who has written in before, he made the remark. Uh, he's he's one of my best friends growing up. By the way, uh, he made the remark. He's like, what? He's like, you know, 
Georgia hired Kirby Smart. Kirby came from Nick Saban. That's the that's the way. Like that is the way. Yeah. Under whoever like is the best assistant under Nick Saban or Kirby Smart. I mean, look at Dan Lanning. He was the DC under Kirby Smart, and now he's like got Oregon rolling pretty hard. Like find that next great you know, assistant or coordinator under either of those two guys, and those are the trees you want to be part of. You know, yeah, Franklin, watching, has a, uh, Franklin has some, you know, a, a tree underneath him where he's got, but those guys are going to Old Dominion and Virginia Tech and Marshall Thundering Herd and Mississippi State. And like, you don't have any of Franklin's old assistants like going on to be great and moving up. Yeah. You know, yeah. no offense to Franklin, like that's not what this is about. It's it's if you want the best for for you know Penn State on the field, winning national titles, whatever it is, like who do you want to go to? You want to go where the cream of the crop is all being produced, and that's under Nick and Kirby. Yeah, um, I'm here as a Ravens fan watching Todd Munkin uh, transform the Ravens offense, and um, you know get new levels of production out of uh, Lamar and, um, and Todd Munkin's from Kirby. Yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah, that, that's why I'm letting our that listeners up. know that. Yeah, sorry. Good point. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, he 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 was um, last year's national championship winning offensive coordinator for the Georgia Bulldogs. Now coaching uh, offensive coordinator at uh, the Ravens. Uh, yeah, I I agree with you, and I'm not sure like of the guys they have right now. Like, are they proven guys at this point? You know, I think their offensive well, coordinator. Well, talk to right Georgia now, after they win another national title. You know, sure. You know, <laughs> offensive coordinator for Alabama, I know, is Tommy Reese. He he jumped from Notre Dame. Like, is he is he the guy for Penn State? Probably not. I, no I don't know way. Who Georgia's got this no year. No way. Um, but yeah, I, I agree. You want to go find guys that have been proven. Um, you know, to to lead a program like Penn State. And again, I I I mean, you want more like Kirby Smart or Nick Saban than their guys that that they're they're training right now. So but that's obviously unrealistic cuz they already have those things going for themselves. Yeah, yeah so realistically, the yeah, realistically, cuz since we don't know who those guys coordinators are right now that we would really want cuz we're not paying that close attention, you know, are are there names out there that you'd say that's the guy that I want well, at Penn State next? The realistic question is who do if we get to hand pick our offensive coordinator. <laughs> oh, like, that's true. Like like that's more realistic. It's like okay, you know, you're not going to be able to hand pick your head coach to come from any of these. But like you, can we do we will will Penn State be able to have their pick of like possible coordinators coming up? So if and if you Andy had had a choice to make for who you would choose for offensive coordinator, who would it be? As of today, like yeah, who, I mean, gosh, that's a that's a great and the, question. And this question will get hashed out further and further in the coming weeks. Obviously, Franklin so will Franklin will at the end of the Michigan State game, like people will start talking about who Franklin's going to hire if he hasn't already made a hire. Yeah, a couple of guys stand out to me based on just some of the early reporting. And, and this full disclosure, I really don't know a lot about these guys. I like sure. at, once you get past Penn State, I don't pay a whole lot of deep level attention to college football. But um, one of the guys um, is the offensive coordinator for JMU. And um, apologies, my his name's slipped my mind at the moment. I've seen but, his name come up. Yeah. But, you know, he's doing incredible things at a school. You know, although they did just lose a heartbreaker yeah, app state. A close game, but they're you know, they, he's got an offense rolling with, you know, definitely lower level players. 
Um, so he's one of the guys I think would be interesting and up and comer. I think, uh, you know, the guy that just got basically demoted at Colorado, Sean, Sean Lewis, Lewis heard he's um, up for he, Dino Babers job. They just fired Dino Babers at Syracuse hearing his name connected to that head coaching job, by the way. Yep. Yep. So like, do you want to be a head and coach? He was of, a, uh, he was a Kent state head coach for several years too, by the way. Yeah, do you want to be the head coach of a, a struggling program or yeah. do you want to be the offensive coordinator of, uh, you know, one of the best schools in the in the country i think that's a good question and that's a for great question. anyone and that's joe moorhead in a nutshell do you want to be the head coach at you know akron, akron at a yeah. two law or two win team or three win team whatever they are it's bad um, personally or, i don't i don't know that i want to see joe moorhead again although if he comes back i'm definitely interested to see if he can if he's take evolved. the next step especially with the running game uh with joe moorhead um and then i think the guy you mentioned already joe brady you know who's up at the bills like you know if he doesn't get the OC job with the Bills, uh, permanent OC job with the Bills, you know, do you want to try to bring him back to Penn State? Well, here's, and the, replicate? here's the interesting thing here that I that, that we'll get into. Obviously, we've morphed this conversation from being, you know, uh, Scott's question of who our favorite head coach could be or whatever. You, but now, neither now of us have said neither of us have said Deion I, Sanders. No, I'm not going to say Deion Sanders. Either. <laughs> Um, no offense to Dion. I, I like I like Dion. I just don't know if he's the right personality to be coming to Beaver Stadium. Um, no, I, I I when it comes to you know like we have at at Penn State a problem right now that who is going to be the quarterback of our future? Like is Drew like are you hiring an offensive coordinator to fix Drew Aller? Or are you hiring an offensive coordinator to run the an RPO scheme? Right, which is what like, Franklin's run the whole time he's been here. And you you recruited a five star quarterback who is a passer, who is yeah. and you not have a not running been quarterback, run, not you've a not been running an offense means. that is helping his strengths in any way, including the RPO game. So I like this is a a, a problem that that I think Franklin is finding himself, you know, against between a rock and a hard place. Like, Which what me, do you want to be offensively moving forward? And is does it involve fixing your five, giving your five star quarterback the best possible approach? Yeah, assuming that Drew Aller doesn't transfer because of the loss of right. Mike Yersich, assuming would, you want to bring yeah. in a, a coordinator who. It, he's going to be excited to work with of all the names that are out there. I think Joe Brady with, yeah. with the bills, you know, he's the one who um, opened up, you know, Joe Burrow when he was down with LSU. Um, he was their passing game coordinator, right? When he was at LSU and uh, he was assumed to have been the mastermind of Joe Burrow's big season. Um, you know, if you get Joe Brady in and he can unlock the potential of, you know, Drew Aller, um, I think that's pretty good. I mean, you know, Josh Allen is a very similar, I think, uh, kind of passer. He's a big guy, hard to bring down, savvy in the pocket, runs when he needs to, but not really a running quarterback. Now, of course, uh, the Bills are having a pretty miserable season this year, so I don't know, you know, what's going on there and how yeah, much who's, who's Joe Brady's yeah. involved with. Yeah, who's you know, involved that. there? Here, here's an interesting, th you know, you brought up Sean Lewis from, from you know, he was at Kent State, but one of his players under him at Kent State was Dante Cephas, by the way. And Dante Cephas thrived in Sean Lewis's offensive scheme. Um, so you got to wonder, hey, maybe that, is that a name that you want to bring in? Because if if he ain't the OC under Dion moving forward after this season, which by all accounts probably won't be, he's going to be available. 
Um, and and like you said, is it, do you want to be a head coach at Syracuse or OC at, you know, being an OC at Penn State will give you better opportunities than going to Syracuse. You'd think, um, and I, I like the idea of having a dynamic passing offense. Obviously, that's what he's done at Colorado, although Shadir Sanders is, a, you know, he's a dual threat guy, you know. and uh, so. He's more of a passer than he is a, a, a dual threat, I would say, to be perfectly honest. Um, last name that I'm going to bring up, and this is like a – I don't think anyone's talking about it because I don't think anyone actually believes it's possible, but <laughs> it's an interesting one to, if you're going to bring up Joe Moorhead, um, yeah, I know I where you're worth, going. I think it's worth bringing up Bill O'Brien. Bill O'Brien. Yeah. They worked together. Him and James Franklin worked together at, at uh, on the offensive staffs of um, Ralph Regan at Maryland. Now, obviously, Bill O'Brien's been an NFL head coach. He's been Penn State's head coach. He's been Nick Saban's offensive coordinator, and now he's been for a second time Bill Belichick's offensive coordinator. And by all counts, um, Bill Belichick won't be coaching the Patriots next season. It's wild, and I, man. And I don't believe it, it, that it, Bill Bill O'Brien's necessarily a shoe in to to maintain at least his offensive coordinator standing uh, at at the that organization. So, will Bill O'Brien be looking for work? Is a question I have, and I really. I think it's an interesting exercise to to, to make the case for Bill O'Brien because we liked what Bill O'Brien did at Penn State. We all enjoyed those two years that we had yeah, Bill O'Brien. Yeah, he had a dynamic offense, and obviously he had a passer in Christian Hackenberg um, his freshman year. He had year, one you year know. with Christian Hackenberg and then left, and then obviously Franklin. Yeah, it was the woulda, coulda, shoulda. What if yeah. What if he continued to flourish so under here, Bill O'Brien? Here is Hackenberg 2.0 and Drew Aller. Is this a redemption song for Bill O'Brien to come back and get it right with his with a five-star quarterback that he left for dead under Franklin's watch. <laughs> Interesting. Uh, you know, I, I think that's a longest of long shots. I don't hate uh, yeah, it personally. I, I, I I'm don't not hate suggesting it. that it's viable, but <laughs> but like but here, but hold on. So the reason why and I don't know how ego these guys' egos work. I don't know how Franklin's ego works compared to Bill O'Brien's or the combination of the two. I don't know what their dynamic was at Miller, Maryland when they did work together. By all accounts, they have a good like friendship at this point in their careers. Um, but when I say good friendship, I, I don't think there's any like um, you know demons in either of their closets. Uh, you know between each other for any, and maybe there is. I don't know, but it doesn't appear that way. They always talk kindly about each other, um, but. You know, if you're Franklin, you got to turn turn over every stone at this point because this hire is gonna be the most pivotal hire of, for the future of of James Franklin as a head coach at Penn State. Like, if he does not get this hire correct, I, he's not gonna get us a, a second, you know, another contract extension. Like, he might. Coach Penn State for four or five more years or more. Pot- pot- I mean, his contract is up in what twenty uh, thirty. He's in the third year of his ten year contract. Right, seven more years. So twenty thirty one, I think, is when this contract is up. Uh, and we we've we've said we don't think he, he could be fired before twenty twenty six, maybe twenty twenty seven. Um, so he could go through two more coordinators if he gets this first one wrong. But he won't get another contract extension if he doesn't get this first one right. So, and I think the the best way that Franklin can ensure his longevity at Penn State is to, he's got to get Drew Aller right. And 
And I don't think the RPO, unfortunately, is is doing right by your quarter, your five star passing quarterback. So I don't. I mean, and that's a, a stone I would flip over. Is like, hey, Bi- hey, Billy. That's how James calls calls him Billy. <laughs> and and I'd say, hey, Billy, what do you think? You want to come call some games at Penn State? I mean, it wouldn't be the worst move for Franklin or Bill O'Brien, you know, of course, not knowing what Bill O'Brien's got going in the rest of his life. But, um, you, you know, we're also making some assumptions here about Drew Aller and like getting him right. There's a thing called the transfer portal out there that, sure. you know, could totally change Penn State's quarterback situation. And I think I was just listening to a podcast with Audrey Snyder and John Sauber, and they're talking about how, like, there's no such thing as like launch pad seasons anymore with the way transfer portals working like one season to another, like it's a totally different team. You know, I was saying with Arizona, like Arizona's having a launch pad season, but it'll all, it'll all be torn apart. How many of the the vultures will come by? Right. Seriously. You know, um, so, you you know, who knows what we're going to get, whether or not Drew stays, who knows what we're going to get, um, you know, with this new offensive coordinator and who he might bring with him from another program or who might attract from another pro- program. A uh, lot of, a lot of, uh, question marks, but, um, let, you know, we just took Scott's question in a totally different direction, totally. um, uh, which is our prerogative, I guess. But, um, <laughs> anyway, he asked about head coaching yeah. and, um, and his answer is, uh, that his choice is Matt Rule. Uh, he goes on to say, I know he struggled in the NFL, but I think he will turn around Nebraska like he did at Temple and Baylor. Plus, he's an alum who played for Paterno. He brings that old school toughness and attitude, which this program needs at this point. So, um, and I know we've talked about Matt Rule as being someone who you could potentially bring in. Uh, my thing is, and I'll just comment, I, I think Matt Rule would be a good choice. He's not an offensive guy, but maybe that's okay. Um, and I do think, though, if Rule has success at Nebraska, he will be unlikely to want to make the leap. And if Rule doesn't have success at Nebraska, we'll be unlikely to want him by the time we're in a point to be looking for our next head coach. So I think rule is probably unlikely if only for the timing thing, but what's your take on his choice of Matt rule? Um, yeah, I, I, he hasn't wowed me yet. Really? Not, not like really. Um, he's been in the right place at the right time as two prior college stops. Obviously it was a disaster in the pros. Um, I, I, the jury's still out on him as far as I'm concerned. Um, I think I think maybe if I were him, I would have stuck around at Baylor a little longer personally, um, and s- seen yeah, that through a little definitely. a little bit more. But yeah, because um, they didn't necessarily take off after he left either. Um, you know, once he left, it kind of floundered again, and they're they're not a great team no, you know, in the last um, few years. Yeah, and they're going to be in the the new look. Uh, Big 12 moving forward. Um, no telling if that, if that'll be good for them or bad for them. But the Big 12 is certainly changing its landscape quite a bit. And and will it will it matter as much in the Big 12 moving forward? Who knows? The point is yeah. that Nebraska's in the Big 10, and they Nebraska has done nothing. And and while they've been competitive in some games, they've gotten rocked in, in other games. And it, there's 
I don't know. I don't know what Nebraska's path moving forward looks like. I I am inclined to believe that Nebraska will have a very tough time in the new look Big Ten um, with these West Coast teams coming in and and being a little bit a little bit more unstable ground compared to Nebraska. I mean, just being in more fertile recruiting territory like USC and uh, I mean Oregon has, recruits nationally. Nebra- bringing people into Nebraska in this day and age, I don't know how you do it. <laughs> I really don't. Yeah, well, um, you know, Penn State shares some of that. Um, you know, we're also a middle of nowhere school. Um, Franklin's yeah, we're still, away. we're still. You could <laughs> Pittsburgh, Philly, New York, all within three hours of State College. Yeah, right? fair enough. Fair so, enough. Uh, um, one thing I will say, you know, getting back on the co- uh, the coordinator um, aspect here is, you know, Penn State might be saying goodbye to Manny Diaz at some point, and we'll, before we know, it, we'll be talking about who we want to see at. Well, a, way at to just DC. take this a whole different direction. No, I did, I'm just. <laughs> That's what we'll be talking about in the coming weeks. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, well, hey, let's uh, close the mailbag. Um, Scott, thanks for writing in. We generated some really good conversation. Um, obviously, coordinator positions, a little more um, pertinent to Penn State these days, but I know everyone's thinking about what the what-ifs around Franklin, and um, thanks for giving us a chance to think about that. Now, we do have one last regular season game. Um, we are playing on Friday night, day after Thanksgiving, Black Friday uh, primetime game on NBC, 7.30 p.m. Uh, I'm not sure who the commentary crew is going to be, um, whether it's going to be their um, you know, their, their, their number one team with uh, Todd Blackledge. Um, I would kind of hope so. And and so that I really like his, the way he calls a game, and, and I'm looking forward to that. Um, at the moment, bro, Penn State is favored in this game by almost three touchdowns. FPI has given us a 95% winning chance. Um, FBI also gave us a 50.6% chance of beating Michigan. FBI also still has us at sixth in the country right now. So, um, yeah, certainly I think FBI is rating us a little high, but um, all that to say, um, kind of the prognosticators are looking at this, um, you know, the tale of these two teams and saying, you know, Michigan State seems to have a fairly low chance of winning this game. We'll talk about some of the specifics and, and whether or not there's a chance for a potential upset. Um, by the way, this game is a neutral field game. It's being played at Ford Field, the home of the Detroit Lions. Um, it's a dome game so um that means that the weather doesn't matter um accuweather is calling for a detroit game time uh, weather of 36 degrees Dude, um, dome a dome I, yeah it's funny we mentioned that this is going to be in a dome like like how many pens how many big 10 stadiums have have domes i know it's a lot have like artificial turf but how many playing a dome in the big 10 none Right, none. We don't have a single one. No. Nope. Adam Brenneman just posted on like tw- uh, on Instagram yesterday that Penn- what would Beaver Stadium be like with a dome? Do you ever want to see Beaver Stadium with a dome? And I was I co- I rarely comment on these things, and I comment. I was like, dude, you are high. There will never be a dome at <laughs> Beaver Stadium. Like, wow, you know, leave that for the NFL. I don't want to see that in the Big Ten ever. No, absolutely not. Um, you know, and a lot of teams play. Uh, in and around places with a dome, like, you know, you've got Indianapolis, you've got, um, shoot, I just, uh, uh, Minnesota, they've got a dome there, you know, they they used to play it, uh, before the Superdome was destroyed. They, and before the new, that crazy Minnesota stadium they have now, they played at Minnesota's new stadium, the the university, the Vikings played at the university stadium and they were playing games outside in January. (laughs) It was like, holy moly. Way to go. Tundra. That's what I like. 
That's, you know, I mean, um, I mean, especially with these West Coast teams coming, I mean, bring bringing UCLA and USC into Big Ten territory like yes. that's home field advantage. And especially moving forward in the 12 team playoff. And if it ever expands even further, home team playoff games in Beaver Stadium. I don't yes, you don't want to you don't want to see yes, dome please. in that no. you want to bring these southern teams up here and have to play in and our, you know, on our our turf during our conditions. And I will say, by the way, that like the Big Ten championship game being in Indianapolis's indoor stadium, I hate that. Yuck. Get that out Yuck. of here. I mean, Get I'd rather out. see I'd rather see a game played at Wrigley Field. I'd rather see it played at the Rose Bowl, you know, moving uh, forward. Well well, yeah, absolutely. I mean, um, it's outside, it's beautiful time of year there. Oh yeah, like, didn't I heard something about Las Vegas being the first Big Ten championship game, their new stadium. Is that real? You're telling I, me, wait, you're telling me that actually is a thing? I think it might be. No which way. Which I hate. Again, oh, that's like so what, gross. Like, that would be so yeah, gross. Play it at the Rose Bowl for crying out loud. Or or yeah, just play it at Whatever I I'm I'm <laughs> I'm getting on a rant and I'm just gonna get off it because I mean we here we go have, we well, don't have time I, for it okay fine fine <laughs> go on but, well we, did you get want to confirm the Big Ten championship game location I I I, I don't think it's a confirmation I, it's it's more just like um it could be suggested or projected. Yeah, 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 I, yeah I I'm not sure entirely so gotcha. um but it, yeah again like I don't don't make it less like uh. You know, uh, an NFL championship game, like make it less like even the the bowl game, and make it like a Big Ten character game. Yeah, you know, yeah. outdoor, ideally grass field, like you know, and whatever. We'll see what happens when we bring these West Coast teams in. But love uh, going on tangents and rants. Oh man, such a tangent. Speaking of yeah. tangents, we got another one lined up for you right here. This is this is the last gasp of the Land Grant Trophy. Well, not really, because we'll play them again, but uh, we will only play them two times, Michigan State, that is, two times in the next four years. So um, really all but like a handful of years, we've played Michigan State uh, in our time at the Big Ten. That's been sort of an unnatural pairing, kind of shoehorned in there, um, partly because Michigan State and Penn State share a couple of interesting features. One is that we are the two oldest land-grant universities in the nation, hence the name of the trophy, which is the ugliest trophy known to man. The other thing is that, and I didn't realize this until I was doing a little research, Michigan State is the team that came into the Big Ten right before Penn State entered. (laughs) So they're the next... What year was that? That was in 1948. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. But um, that was the year that, or the, the year after the University of Chicago left the Big Ten when they shut down all their intercollegiate athletic programs. And there was a new spot opened up in the Big Ten, which they kept it at 10 at that time. They Michigan State had wanted to enter the Big Ten all going all the way back to the 1920s. And they said, nope, we got 10. That's all we need. <laughs> um, and then when there was an opening, um, apparently it was between three schools, bro. Nebraska, who ended up after a long time actually getting in. And then Pitt was the second one uh, that was in the running to take University of Chicago spot and then Michigan State and um, Michigan State apparently put together a huge campaign to be able to enter. Uh, Michigan did not want them to come in. Um, 
but eventually uh, they ended up being the one to get the votes and they've been in since 1948. And the next school to come in after Michigan State was Penn State in 1993. And we just um, haven't really got traction in this conference still. We are still I, 30 years like, in. We're still, still feeling like a redheaded like a, stepchild. Totally. 100%. I don't know if that's a, uh, a, a phrase that is... <laughs> Allowed to be said these days. But, That's true. Uh, you know, my bad. Um, but um, I, you know, uh, this is what next year is the first year that Penn State doesn't start the Big Ten conference slate away. Is that in like ten years more? Like or like it's like an yeah, eleven years, it or something. Yeah. and it's like been like fifteen of the last sixteen years or whatever it is, and it's like, yeah. like yeah. wow, okay. And then even it, it, dude, and there was if there was ever any like proof that we are thought of as lesser than it was in 2016 when our own big 10 commissioner came out supporting Ohio state, Ohio state who we just beat that earlier that year came out and promoted Ohio state over Penn state, their own big 10 championship team promoted Ohio state over the big 10 championship team to go uh, on. Just into absolutely the asinine. Yeah. Well, um, look back to, uh, Michigan state, um, We've played them to an 18, 18, and one record all time. Um, we Which have means won. This is a very important game. Yeah, we have won three of the last four. And um, Penn State, uh, since we've joined the Big Ten, we're 17 and 10 uh, in that series. But Franklin is only five and four versus Michigan State. Why did I think Franklin was four and five against Michigan State? Now, well, I have it as five and four, but okay. in any case, um, like I said, we played them every year um, when we came to the conference, 1993 to 2010. They were one of our protected rivals. Um, we went 12 and six during that span, but in 2011, that's when Nebraska came into the conference, um, and that's when we uh, the 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 short-lived Legends and Leaders division occurred, um, and we did not play Michigan State for any of those three years. But then when Maryland Rutgers joined again, we've talked about this a couple times, that's when the Big Ten East formed, and then we are back on with a regular annual game with Michigan State and, you know, get that Franklin came trophy in. back. Yeah, that's when Franklin also came in, and, and it's been a very tight series since then. Um, now, um, we've had a couple of somewhat significant games against Michigan State over the years. Um, probably the most significant, most... Biggest effect for Penn State was the rain delay game back in, was it 2017, where we were coming off of that Ohio State loss and um, had already beaten Michigan. And all we needed to do was to win out. And we had a really good chance to, you know, potentially get into the playoff. And we ended up, after like a three hour rain delay, inexplicably losing that game to a vastly inferior Michigan State game. And it, and it basically, kept us out of the the playoff um, the year we had, you know, char, uh, Saquon Barkley and Miles Sanders and Trace McSorley. It was supposed to be the Cinderella season for us and didn't happen. Yeah, that was, that was tough. That was but tough. The, the other Michigan State game that I think really sticks in my mind is Larry Johnson's exclamation point. In 327 yards rushing, four touchdowns. It was a, a 61 to 7 beatdown. Larry Johnson had 279 yards oh, and four touchdowns. I was thinking of the Indiana game, sorry. <clears throat> 279 yards and four touchdowns in the first half. Yeah, it was unbelievable. 2K for LJ. 
Top and it game. pushed him over the top, got got him 2,000 yards. Um, it's just an interesting thing because we remember LJ as this incredible back. Um, you know, he set the NCAA record that season by averaging 8.02 yards per carry. I know that mark may have been broken since then, but at the time he set the all-time NCAA mark for yards per carry. Um, he was the first player ever to get 2,000 uh, yards rushing in a season. But in the years before that, um, Larry Johnson struggled in a three-back rotation for two years, which were both losing records, which is the first back-to-back losing record in Paterno's career um, before his senior season. And and Paterno had this quote, um, the ESPN account of the game has this quote by Paterno, quote, if you had said to me he's going to have 2,000 yards in one year, I'd have said, oh, come on. <laughs> then he goes on to say he finally got the feel for things and he's spectacular. He's like a man playing against boys out there. Oh, he really was. He, I mean, just watching that guy, he ran with actual anger. Like he was pissed off running the ball and he like he would be pissed off when he didn't get the ball so that when he did get the ball again, he'd be even more pissed off and he would just look for contact and whenever he, there was no more contact, he would run away from everybody. Yeah, he was right. he was unbelievable. He still, so, I believe, I see, he still has the NFL record for most carries in a season, by the way. Incredible. Yeah. Well, um, you know, that's not the Michigan State team that we're playing, and unfortunately, we don't really have a Larry Johnson on our team this year. Um, this year's Michigan State team, though, like that year in 2002, is having a pretty bad season. Um, they were also coming off of a season without a head coach who got fired partway through the season, and that's what Michigan State is this year. The big headline for Michigan State is that their head coach is not Mel Tucker, <laughs> right. who was uh, suspended on September 10th. For cause. The, with cause. And then subsequently fired. Yeah. Um, we covered that scandal earlier in this season. Um, um, I just probably not worth going into it. Um, their interim head coach is a guy named Harlan Barnett. Um, he was an All-American defensive back at Mich- Michigan State in the 1980s. He spent seven seasons in the NFL before um, his coaching career um, took him to LSU as a graduate assistant. Um, he was then hired by D'Antonio, uh, who ended up going to Michigan state after a while, but, um, D'Antonio hired him at Cincinnati, um, and then brought him to Michigan state where he's been ever since 2007. Um, so Harlan Barnett, that is, has been at Michigan state since 2007. And then after, um, Mark D'Antonio left, um, he remained on the staff. He's, uh, the defensive backs coach, um, up to, um, the time he was appointed as the interim head coach. And, um, you know, bro, after going 2-0 and with Mel Tucker to start the season after he was fired, uh, it did not go well for Michigan State. It's been a miserable season, in fact. They are 4-7, and 2-6 and six in the conference. Um, after uh, Mel Tucker left the team, they suffered blowout losses to Washington, to Michigan, a 31-9 clunker versus Maryland. Uh, they also had close losses to Minnesota and Rutgers, but they couldn't pull it off. Uh, probably the best game of their six-game losing streak um, was a, a loss to Iowa where it was tied at 16 going into the fourth quarter. In fact, they were up with three, uh, up by three with five minutes left in the fourth quarter um, before Iowa had a game-tying field goal and then um, uh, 
Michigan State went three and out and gave up a 70-yard punt return for a touchdown um, that that ended up leading to a uh, ultimately a 26-6 loss for them. Now, they have won two of their last three, sandwiched around a, a, a Ohio State blowout. Um, they beat Nebraska and Indiana by three points each. No. Yeah, Nebraska and Indiana, they won uh, three points each. Uh, they won, including last week's win against Indiana. So they, they have a little bit of momentum, maybe. A little bit of maybe. momentum. Maybe. maybe. But you got to ask, what are they playing for as they come into this game? What are they playing for? I mean, they're playing for a chance to be a, you know, a team that was in the top 10 most of the season. I mean, that's what you're right. playing for. You're playing, right. you're playing to prove yourself against one of the best teams in the conference, one of the best teams in the country, one of the best teams in your division. Um, you can build off of that. You can build off into the offseason off of that. That, that is, that, that's what you're playing for. This is their bowl game. They're not going to a bowl game. They got an opportunity to knock off a top-ranked team. Like That is what you are playing for. And, you know, Franklin, you know, has, has allowed this team to beat him on many occasions. And so, yeah, I mean, certainly beating a top, what probably will be an 11 team at this point would be a, a feather in their cap for sure. It'd be a great send off. Now, again, it's a neutral site game and it's, it's going to have the feel of a bowl game. I, I, I can certainly imagine you'll have a lot of pen. I think you'll have an equal amount of Penn State and Michigan State fans in this game. I don't yeah. think it'll be a, the, the sellout that maybe we hoped it could have been at the beginning of the season um, as far as Penn State. Yeah, you know, I mean, like, if Penn State was coming in. If, they were le- if, we're, if we're 10 and – I'm sorry, if we're – yeah, if we're 9 and 1 right now. Yeah. Um, or sorry, uh, 10, and 10 and 1. Then this game has a totally different feel to it, and you're having fans go crazy going into this game. Um but as it stands, you know, we're playing a, a deflated 4-7 and seven Michigan State team who just got their first two conference wins, like, over the last three weeks. So, you know, maybe there's some momentum there, but here's the, the reality, Andy, is that they're 2-6 and six in Big Ten play, um, and they lost six straight games at one point this season. They rank 90th in passing, they're 128th in scoring, and they're 123rd in rushing the ball this year. So they don't really have a lot kind of going their way in terms of like metrics to go against a top level team. And the last time they, you know, played a, a, a really good team, they lost 38 to three against Ohio state. And before that in October, they lost 49 to nothing to their, you know, brother school, you know, big brother school, Michigan. Um, yeah. you yeah. know, I mean, the, I, I think the metrics definitely don't, don't go in their favor, you know, um, you know, after the, what was it? The 2001 season when Mel Tucker first came in was kind of turns out to be a little bit of a flash in the pan and, you know, certainly connected to that great running back they had that year, um, uh, whose name escapes me at the moment, but, um, Kenneth Walker, the third, thank you. And, mm-hmm. you know, last year, Michigan state did not have a, a great season. And, and, you know, this season, uh, the, you know, I, I don't really know whether they've got the roster to compete with Penn That's State. That's what I was just going to bring up. Like you yeah. can point to dudes all over the team uh, on Penn State side of the ball. You know, both offense and defense. You can point to dudes on offense, even though our offense is not great. They're not performing great as a team. But you know, Katron Allen is still a force. Nick Singleton can still 
you know, even though he's not finding the holes, you give him one, I bet you he'll go, you know, he'll go 20 yards and and and, and make you pay. I mean, even even though we haven't been going to Keandre Lambert-Smith, he's still one of the top producing wide receivers in the conference. Um, we got two tight ends that are going to be playing in the NFL. We've got the best left tackle in college football, possibly. Um so it's not like, and then of course our entire defense is loaded, um, and what Penn State's playing for, um, not only are they playing for a a good draw in a New Year's Six game, but you know if we don't get a good draw in a New Year's Six game, this might be the last game that you'll ever see Chop Robinson play in blue and white. That you'll ever see Kalen King play in blue and white. That you'll ever see Johnny Dixon play in blue and white. That you'll ever see Adisa Isaac play in blue and white. You know, Curtis Jacobs likely is not coming back next year. He already did come back this year. So you're going to see a lot of defense. This is this is the defense's last, you know, game together. If we, if we get a two-lane draw in a bowl game, how many of those guys do you think are going to be like, yeah, let's play two-lane? Yeah, you know? it's a very good point, and and you know, so they're playing for their uh, for their legacies. Uh, you yes. know, to, to at least yeah. finish as a top ten team two years in a row, they can at least put their hang their hats on that. You know, yeah, and I think you know that bodes well for Penn State because you know, especially hearing about those guys on the defense um, wanting to go out with uh, you know as good a mark as you can and 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 trying to have fun and this neutral site game and that kind of thing I mean I do think Penn State has more to play for and um, you know I do think motivation is going to come into this game I mean who knows how many fans are going to actually show up in stadium that's one of the things of like the lower tier the day bowl after games. Thanksgiving <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Lower tier bowl games, you know, it's like we're looking at them on TV and like there's a smattering of fans in these cavernous Well, I mean, even you know, the Penn stadiums. State game this last weekend um, against Rutgers, it, it was, you know, fan, some of the students, I mean, that student section was abysmal uh, in that game. And obviously it's because of the early people leaving school uh, for Thanksgiving to go on an extended break. But this will be even further, you know, um, in that direction, whereas like it's not even on on campus so like what's what's the crowd going to look like you know is it going to be majority Penn State or is it going to be majority Michigan State or is it going to just look like Miami's stadium you know yeah. now I you know I, I was thinking uh like the phrase that Franklin kind of used with some of these other noon away games that uh you know Penn State's going to have to bring their own juice and I, I do yeah. wonder if that's going to be the kind of thing that Penn State the Penn State team is going to have to bring their own motivation because it's not going to come from the crowd in the same way but I will say this season, although there are a lot fewer primetime games than I would have liked to have Penn State play, way too many noon games for my money. I haven't enjoyed that part of the season. But um, in primetime games this season, Penn State has looked good. West Virginia, Iowa, two of our best games of the season. Now, those were home games as well, but still, you know, you got to like how Penn State looked under the lights. Um, What's it going to look like when we go into Ford Field for a night game the day after Thanksgiving? Will we have that same kind of energy? Because they know it's a nationally televised game and it's a big game, a chance to win the land-grant trophy and keep it at Penn State for another two years? I mean... What what's not to like about that to play it's, for? It's funny that that, that that this was a protected rivalry at one point and yeah. and now Penn State has you know I mean, we're unrivaled. Years. We 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 have no rival now, right. like officially. We are unrivaled. And and but like it's the only trophy game that Penn State has. So yeah. 
like make it not matter. even playing that every year <laughs> yeah but like but like make it matter make make it matter to you that's it's true only, it's only that's gonna true. matter if you decide you want it to matter and a team that has played us straight up like we it's a 500 um you know five you know 50 percent win percentage for for both these teams you know and franklin's barely over that mark in, individually but as a you know as a as a school on school it's 18 18 and one how much yep. more down the middle can you get? This, of course, should matter to both these, you know, universities and teams. You know. So you know, look this. This has not been. What, a, let me a, let me ask you this: Would you would you rather be nine and three or ten and two if you're if you are these seniors at Penn State? Like think like nine and three is like a is nothing, and ten and two actually means something. Like you know, I yeah, I, as down a year as it's been in the Big Ten, the fact that we've only played one ranked team that we have beaten right. and some of these teams that we have beaten are having a pretty crummy season uh, all things considered it, still it's major college football and a, a 10 and 2 uh final record is nothing to to shake a stick at i mean already you've got only a handful of teams um that that can say we we have two losses or better uh, on the season and some of those teams might drop their final game so um it does mean a lot to have a 10 win season absolutely i mean and it, it means it, a lot a, going into bowl prep if you come out looking flat cuz you're like eh, what like like what is that indicative of if you like are playing for a new year's six bowl game against a possible top 10 team and and you and one of the worst teams in the conference you know come the worst teams in the country yeah, and a, and a team that's in shambles without a coach too. If you if you let them hang with you, it, it says a lot about where your motivations lie or don't lie. Uh, so um, I, it was about to, before you brought that up, bro. I was about to just sort of take a quick look at Michigan State and what kind of team they are on the field this year. I don't think we need to do like a full blown rundown because, like you said, they've been in the shambles. But like you know, what do you expect to see? Um, from the Michigan State team this coming Saturday, excuse me, this coming Friday. Yeah, right. Um, you know, both on the offense and the defense, you know, do you have any sense of what they might present us? You I know, think where- Michigan State is going to they, – they've, they've got <laughs> – they got some guys that can pose problems. They got a guy back there named Carter who, who's who's got some decent running stats on the season. He's th- you know rushed for seven hundred fifty three yards. He's got four touchdowns. He's you know two hundred pound back. Like uh, he, he could pose some problems if our defense is deciding not to play lights out. And I do predict our defense will play lights out. I re- I actually am going to. But you know they got to be careful. Um, they're starting a guy. Um, at, at quarterback, what's his name? Kate, Kaiten, Hauser, I think is his name. He's um been their starter for the last s- several games now. Um, and you know he, he took over for Noah Kim, who started the season. They've been kind of rotating, and like you know, it's been a bit of a bit of a quarterback carousel to go along with the coaching carousel that's over there at Michigan State. Um, but you know they. Somehow Michigan State quarterbacks find ways of of making Penn State defenses pay. Yeah, I, I don't know what it is about that that Spartan on the side of their helmet. I agree um, with you. I they mean, just they figure it out somehow, and it's guys that super are like frustrating. Maybe a little above average, but not like great passers. Somehow end up always having good days against Penn State. Yeah. Now, <laughs> and the I, games, what I will 
what I will say is this Hauser kid just had a career day against Indiana. Um, he threw for 245 yards and three touchdowns. Those were both career highs for him. All right. Now he he's had some, he started out with three losses as, a, as the starter and he didn't throw for more than 133 yards in any of those losses. And then his win against Nebraska, he only threw for 165 yards. So this was like a coming out party um, for, for Kaiten Hauser in that Indiana game throwing for 245. If there's any momentum going to happen for that team, it's going to reside on the the shoulders of uh, and the arm of Kaiten Hauser. It re- like it'll all start and end there. And as you know, our defense has shown we're the best team in the country at getting after the quarterback. Yeah, and we're the, one of the if, one of if not the best teams in the country at getting tackles for a loss. Um, so yeah, I mean we we got uh, two strip sacks last week against right. uh, you know their quarterback, and I, I think making an uncomfortable like, uncomfortable back there and keeping him from getting the passing game going, I think is going to be a, a huge part of the day. And um, by by the way, you just mentioned you know Chop Robinson, you know Johnny Dixon, Adisa Isaac, these guys. Maybe playing their last regular season game in a Penn State uniform, you hope they want to go out and have a career day and and really make their their quarterback miserable. Yeah, <laughs> and and speaking of career days, you know, Kaiten Hauser is going to be thrown to a six foot five, two hundred and sixty pound um, tight end in Malik Carr, who just had a hundred yards receiving against Indiana. Yeah, and so, Franklin mentioned him in his yeah. press conference as a guy we got to watch. And by the way. Titans have burned us as well. I mean, think about yep. Ohio State and Michigan yep. and and in those games. It was you know their tight ends rumbling for big games and and big time conversions. Um, you know that really you know bit us badly. So we're we're gonna have to keep that guy from from. I think the key us. the key to this game will be us keeping their quarterback um, off balance and, and which and we off did schedule. you know against Talia Tagovailoa. Yeah. You know, I mean. You know, we have given most quarterbacks a really miserable day outside of this Michigan State offensive line will not be able to contain. If our defense comes prepared to play and all of our, you know, our starters all across that defensive line, all our studs, if they come ready to play one of their best games of the season in primetime, you know, NBC broadcast television, like there will be eyeballs on this game for sure, even though there's going to be, I think, an NFL game happening at the same time. Um, To your point, bro. Michigan State, and you already kind of mentioned this, they have the worst scoring offense in the Big Ten, worse even than Iowa, dude. Yep, yep. Um, You know, this is not a team that is able to score points. And Well, um, well, okay, so correct. But what has Penn State (laughs) been struggling to do recently? Score points. Like, now, I know we ultimately scored 27, but it was 10 to 6 for how much almost three full quarters in that game before we were able to pull away in the end. So if Michigan State just keeps it close, well, you dude, know. counterpoint, uh Penn State still to this day has the second highest scoring offense in the Big 10. They're above Ohio State just behind Michigan at 36.7 points per game. So I I agree with you like we've been struggling of late but you know this is a Penn State offense especially with the way the defense gives us the ball and opportunity uh you know highly opportunistic opportunity 
how many times going to say opportunity? <laughs> the, do, the defense do, gives you, us we'll a lot of good opportunities. We'll give you one more opportunity to do so. <laughs> the right. defense has given us a lot of opportunities uh, to get the ball in an advantageous position. And, um, you know, we have been scoring points. So, um, I, you it's know, gonna I think... Take, it's going to take a cratering by our team to to to, to lose this game. I, I am granting that. I, I really, like, our team should handle these guys fairly easily, by the way. Uh, um, yeah. But... Yeah. Any given Saturday, like somebody Absolutely. can be having a bad game, and on hundred percent, so hundred you know, percent, we can't we we can't obviously take them, you know, for granted in in you know in its entire in their entirety. I mean, uh, you know, when our offense goes up against their defense, we are we are not going to be facing one of the better teams in the country, not one of the better teams uh, in the Big Ten. Uh, they are a worse defense in terms of total yards than. Uh, Northwestern, their worst defense in terms of total yards than Minnesota, than Maryland, uh, than Rutgers. Um, they they come in just above Illinois. All right, <laughs> in, in yeah, terms and of they're, total and they're defense, tenth, and they're tenth in points per game allowed as a defense. Yeah, um, so so both in terms of yards allowed and points allowed, they're you know they just haven't been able to stop people. Um, and Penn State again. You know, in terms of total yards, we're not quite as strong uh, as we are on on points, but you know, we're still in the top half of the conference in terms of our total yards and production this this week. To me, I think the biggest question, and we hit on it uh, at the end of last episode, is you know who's going to be our starting quarterback, and yeah. what kind of offense are we going to be able to run? Um, you know, um, in Michigan State's rush defense is not great, and. and at the same time, uh, their their passing defense is not great. <laughs> you know? So, um, you know whether we we throw uh, Drew Aller or we run Bo Perbula, you know, I think there's a lot of opportunities. Again, if we can execute well, if we can avoid turnovers, if we can get turnovers on defense, um, it might be a frustrating game, especially with our offensive coordinator situation being the way it is. Um, personally, I'm looking for a little bit of, of improvement on the offensive side of the ball, um, that maybe we get a little bit more of a coherent game plan and, uh, maybe that we get some better play calls and, um, whether it's Drew or whether it's Bo out there that, you know, that we, we have an offense that looks like they're having fun and, and looking like they're enjoying themselves out there. So, you know, how about you? What do you see? That how do you see this game going on the offensive side for Penn State um, when we face this sort of subpar? I think we're going to see. Defense? I think we're going to see a slow start yet again. Um, maybe faster. Why would you think that? <laughs> maybe faster than some of our other slow starts, but like I, I think it'll take a minute. Um, I, and it is certainly going to depend on on the quarterback situation, but. Um, I, this Michigan State team is no match, no match for the players and depth that we have. Um, and I do feel like we have more to play for than they do. Um, and I think Franklin recognizes that this is a this is an important game it, it, to get to ten. It's not easy to get 10 wins any given season is not easy. And for Franklin to have another crack at, at a New Year's six bowl game, um, you know, he's won a lot of New Year's six bowl games. It starts here. You got to win this game. You can't take it for granted. Um, and I just, I, 
for all the players that are going to be moving on after this season, and it's going to be a lot, I think this game will matter to them too. Um, and I put putting you know an exclamation point on on the season after you know losing two deflating games um, yet again. I think we'll still be important. I think it's going to be important for their legacies to to say, hey, we didn't stop fighting. You know, in these I last mean, certainly two games. to go out and have a great game against Michigan State uh, in an NFL stadium on Black Friday in the prime time, it, it will really help you feel good about the team and to a larger extent about the season, even I, as we acknowledge, you know, some of the disappointments. I mean, it's also just important how we felt. to get better right now still. Absolutely. It really Absolutely. actually is. Like, like just because the season is coming to an end doesn't mean people's development comes to an end. Like you have to like put your best out there and get better every game of the year, including the last ones, because it goes into the next season. It goes now, into honestly, the off season and next um, season. Honestly, like when you think back to that Maryland game, which was coming off of the Michigan, uh, the Ohio State, and then the Indiana, you know, and we played great against Maryland and just looked like we put it all together. You felt really good about Penn State, even though you still had some question marks. And I, I, that's what I would really love to see is a, is a a game like that where you know you kind of put it together. Maybe you start slow, but you actually start to have some fun. You know, put up some points on offense and lock them down on defense. Give them a miserable day. Get a lot of turnovers, and you know, go into the uh, rest of the holiday weekend just feeling great about Penn State football. I think it'd be great for the the players. It'd be a great way to uh, end the season for the coaching staff that's going through some adversity right now, and it'd be certainly a really nice treat for the fans. That, that's what I'd love to see, but. Um, to help us kind of lock down what exactly we're going to see, uh, let's go ahead and bring Joel in right now so we can go by the numbers. Not alert! By the numbers! Not alert! By the numbers! Not alert! By the numbers! Well, Joel, uh, we're at the last by the numbers of the regular season. I can't believe we've uh, gotten there already. And um, thanks for being with us through the season. And uh, how are you doing today, man? It's good to be here. I just wish I uh, wish my throat was uh, was sore from cheering for Penn State, but it's uh, oh man, it's coming from from the the local elementary school. <laughs> you had a little gravelly today, yeah. <laughs> Feeling it. Um, yeah, well, uh, yeah, extra gravitas today. It sounds like, you know, you got that extra little bass in your this, voice. So this is a battle for the land grand trophy. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. The I love it. The all Americans. Uh, well, what do you got for us today, Joel? Well, let's, uh, let's start by recapping last week. Um, <clears throat> the first question I asked you was with, uh, with the deflation of the Michigan loss, would we be at, uh, would we be over or under our stadium capacity of 106,572? Andy, <laughs> you said over. Tom, you said under. We were at 105,114. Oh, as, so. as soon as I saw the stadium in the first look, I'm like, oh man, I, I overshot yeah. that. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, hey, it's still how many other schools can put 105,000 people in the stands. That's It's still something to be proud of. Yeah, after you've lost two of your biggest games of the season. Exactly. Yeah, it's impressive. 
Um, so Tom, I won. a point. I won. <laughs> I'm amazing. Question two. <laughs> Will we shut out Rutgers like Iowa did? Um, unfortunately, we did not. But we did keep them out of the end zone. Um, maintaining that since 1994, right? Um, yeah. So that so is... Uh, they did not mention that, but that's quite a stat. <laughs> they have not scored a touchdown in Beaver Stadium since 1994. That is wild. 30 years. That's love it. Great. I love um, it. Andy, you said no. Tom, you said yes. Point, Andy. Yeah. See, <clears throat> bro, you celebrated too soon. No, I'm still amazing. <laughs> Question number three. <laughs> I put the over-under at 14 and a half points in the first half for Penn State. It was... Hard to watch. We had <laughs> yeah, we had say. ten points. Yeah, uh, Andy, you went under. Tom, you went over. Andy, because I'm a smart man and I Andy know what I'm talking about. Has <laughs> up two points this uh, so far. This week. How how smart are two you? Two to one. Andy? I'm smart. Question Very number smart. four: Will Penn State have more rushing or passing yards? Oh, we had, wait. <laughs> how we had smart a, are you, Andy? <laughs> we had a very respectable 234. Uh, Rushing yards, but we had, uh, I'm yeah, an abysmal 88 passing yards. And I really um, thought getting Mike Yurcich out there would just open up the passing game. I thought <laughs> Drew was going to have a day. The opposite. And Rutgers' defense, they, their rush defense is better than their passing defense. I just figured we'd exploit them, but nope. Way off. So, Andy, you went with passing. Dude, Tom we, you know rushing. what else we didn't say? In the last two games, Keandre Lambert Smith has had one, one target. One target. No, yeah. One target. Yeah. It's bad. I, I don't that, the regression that, is unbelievable. That's coming up. That is coming up, boys. <laughs> right. Good point. Um, All right, here we go. So I, I Andy so said right passing. Now, the week, the I week said is rushing. tied up at two to two. Yeah. Yeah. Here, this is for oh, all the marbles. Boy. How oh, many boy. times will Drew Aller take a snap under center that isn't a kneel down? Instead of out of the shotgun. Now I did my best. I, I it went out a few times on me. The, the feed did, but I counted a, a grand total of zero snaps from under center by Drew Aller. Um, Andy went with yeah, five. No, Tom I, went with four, and uh, we're gonna give the week to Tom. And he's zero. you know what you know what stinks about that is I psyched myself out because I my answer was zero, and then I changed it so I could get a little bit of you know a little bit of benefit. Of not having to like be hit it right on the number and yeah, man, but you you went you overshot my, the mark. I psyched myself you out. You should have yeah. gone to one. I I should have gone. And to And then one. I would have had to choose two or zero. Yeah, you you yeah. would have had to force my it. hand, and that I was an easy it. under for me. Yeah, an easy oh yeah, four. Yeah. Oh, All right. bro. So you, Tom, if you if you win this week and the bowl game, you could tie. Yeah, now we're talking. You tie the season, and then we can. Hey, bring I'm it already bowl eligible down. with my six wins. <laughs> bowl, <laughs> toilet bowl eligible, more like. All right. So, All right. what do you got for us for this week, man? For this week, I, I'm I've kind of split us up into some offensive and defensive questions. Things that I just I hope I personally hope to see, but I um, I'm not that optimistic. I want to know if my optimism is or my pessimism is justified or not by your guys' answers. <laughs> okay. Interesting. I will say, Joel, that just among the three of us, you tend to be the most pessimistic by far. You mean <laughs> r- realistic. <laughs> Realistically pessimistic. <laughs> Reliably <laughs> pessimistic, yes. 
but um, we'll do our best to help kind of, um, you know, gauge your level of pessimism by by our answer. So uh, what do you got for us? What's your first I, question? Just, I was the only one who correctly predicted the outcome of the Michigan-Penn State game. Let's just... That's fine. That's fine. <laughs> That's fine. Um, <laughs> will we have more than 150 passing yards this week against Michigan State? Oh, my and, gosh. Um, you are going first. Well, so here's kind of, you know, if, if Drew Aller is going to be out there, but that's part I, I give of the it a head, chance. Right? Yeah. Yeah, right. But if Drew Aller is not going to be out there, I do not believe, I do not believe we, we have it in us to go over. For what it's worth, Franklin thinks that he's going to be playing this Saturday. I do. Yeah. I, I, I do right know now. that. Um, I, I don't know if that's like just trying to throw Michigan State off with their prep, but I, I, yeah, I'm, I'm not sure that. I'll, we'll see Drew personally, but so for what it's worth, Michigan State is eleventh in the Big Ten against the pass. Yeah, they're allowing so your... they're allowing two hundred and thirty one yards per game. Exactly, um, that's, why, that's why I think this is okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna go over weakness more than weakness. I'm gonna go over. I'm gonna say it over. Over. Yeah, and gonna go under. We've had two straight games of under a hundred under hundred. Yards yeah. passing. I'm going to say that we'll, we will not hit 150 passing I mean, yards. We're going to lean heavily but on if, the if, run game. If Bo is in, I mean, why not let that guy at least try his arm a few times? You're 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 not wrong, and I, that's what I would want. I mean, even if Bo isn't, I, I would love to see him as have a quarterback. I'd love to, to see him have a good day passing, but I don't think we're going to get there. Uh, it, it, I'm and, going over. And they've been they've been very conservative uh, in the passing game, and I don't know if we have a passing game plan in the playbook to even get us downfield passes, regardless of in, who's in, in there. The, in the year of 2023... It's ridiculous. To have a, a, a you know Big Ten Blue Blood program in you know, B, Penn State, who's had... You know, great wide receivers, great passing attacks over the years. I mean, to not be like, it looks like we have no idea how to like have a downfield passing attack. And you have teams that are like way worse than us, you know, more losses, lesser talented, you know, rosters, and they're still chucking the ball all over the field. And it's just, I don't get it. I don't get it. Along In those any lines, case, that's why I went under. Okay, yeah. <laughs> Along those lines, it really seems like w- when when Bo came in, that's when we started to score last week. Like it seems like this offense has been set up for the success of a quarterback like Bo. Um, right. The RPO do, yeah, suits so, a quarterback like him more so than Drew. And Drew's struggling, and he's potentially injured. Like, what? Will we see Bo Pribula take a snap in the first half? Even if even if Aller is healthy, I got it's a it's an interesting question because we're scoring points with Bo. Andy, will we see first half half action out of Bo? Yes. Same. I agree. Yes. Regardless of if Drew's playing or not. All right. Now, as you'd mentioned before, there was some that our our best threat down the field is KLS. And we have just had a a dismal and disappointing number of attempts to get the ball to him. We're not even trying. And something's got to change there. 
will it be this week? Will will we over or under, Tom, on three and a half receptions? Not attempts, but just receptions for KLS. Oof. Um, no, I'm saying no. Tom's going under. Three and a half receptions. He's going. He's he's going to get three. Okay. I'm going over. Um, and it's a bit of a hedge from my answer of under 150 passing yards. But um, Franklin did indicate in his press conference this week that he wants to see the wide receivers get more involved in the offense. So I, he I also think said they're that gonna, about the tight ends too, Andy. Well, they they were involved, bro, this past week by double the amount of the wide receivers. But anyway, um, not yeah, saying I, much. <laughs> I'll just go over. All right, now to try to curb my pessimism rather than enthusiasm, um, I'm I'm trying to up my my enthusiasm here. Looking at the thing I've been pleased with our defense, um, and uh, let's see, so. Two weeks ago, OSU had two sacks against MSU. Um, And I feel like we're a fairly comparable defense to Ohio State. So here's a common opponent. They were able to get two sacks. Uh, Are you, Andy, are you going over or under on two and a half sacks against? Oh, I'm going over. Over. All right. Over. Same. Both of you with overs. Okay. They're going to have a big sack day on Friday night. Yeah. All right. I agree. And then uh, both Indiana and OSU. Indiana got MSU for six tackles for loss. So that's who they played last week. So these past two weeks, they've given up six TFLs. Are we, Tom, are you going over or under six and a half TFLs for MSU? Six and a half. For, wait for for Michigan State to have six and for a half. For us to, to get okay six and right. a half Just on making, the, against making them. Sure, making clear. Um, I'll go over. Sacks yeah, count like sacks likewise. count to that, and I'm saying yeah, over. I, they don't I, they don't count in that. They're, they're not, the 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 TFLs are non sacks. That's, I, I believe I that's, that's incorrect. I think in the stat line, tackles for loss include. Sacks. A they sack do. is a subset of tackle for loss. Correct. Right. Well, either way. Andy? Um, I'm still saying six and a half over. Yeah, and Andy yeah, also I'm going to go over. over. I'm, I'm seeing something more like uh, six sacks and ten tackles for loss or something like that. That's that's how I see the game playing out defensively. All right. Could cool. be Manny's last defensive uh, game, regular season game call. Oh, say it ain't so. I just, I just say it could be, <laughs> and a I lot know. of and a lot of uh, defensive players possible last regular season game. Yeah, um, if not we, last game, we could see a very big exodus from the team after this year. Um, all right, so that brings us to our uh, our final question. Let's let's get those game score predictions. Yeah, I'm calling um, a really solid. Offensive performance uh, with a suffocating defensive performance. Um, I'm going to say, oh, heck, I'll say 38 to 6. I'm going to say 35. hmm, 35 to 13. 35 to 13. Locked it in. And we are ready to roll. By the way, Andy nailed the score last week exactly. 
Oh, yes. Thanks for bringing that up because I that was probably the best thing I felt about coming out of that game. <laughs> nailed <laughs> the, the score. I think that's on. the first time any of us have nailed it to the number all season. Yeah, I, I can't be sure of that, but uh, I can't remember one that was nailed. You know, It feels a little bit like hitting a swish in basketball, like a three-pointer. Yeah, especially but like when a buzzer ba- beater too. Especially when you're bad at them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah like, right, right. Hey, I got one. That's yeah, how. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, hey, I, I just for what it's worth, um, uh, who, who just real quick here, who what bowl do you guys want to see, and who do you want to who do you want it to be against? As of right now, let's just go real quick, go around the room. I'll say I want it to be against Alabama, and whatever bowl that is, I think that would be the uh, the Cotton Bowl. I think is one that I'm seeing Alabama against. I don't really know like which teams are eligible for which bowls or whatever. Yeah. Um, I, you know, whatever the New Year's Six Bowl for me is, it, that's fine. Um, ideally, you're playing a team that's not playing in their backyard. So, like, <laughs> you know, Alabama in the Sugar Bowl would be annoying because they don't have to go anywhere. Like USC right. in the Rose Bowl was annoying for that reason. But um, uh, you know, to me, it's all about the matchup. I agree with you. Tulane would just be a, a real disappointment. Um, yeah, I, truthfully, though, outside of the group of five, you know, champion who's ranked highest, any of the top twelve teams, I'd be fine. Um, there's pros and cons. I think of all the different matchups, Alabama would be a great marquee game, but I would fear that we would have no chance of winning that game. You know, well, the problem problem with being one where we do win, it's like Utah, we beat. And then it gave us this like false sense of what we were going to be able to accomplish the game on finish the year on a win against the top ranked team. That feels okay to me. Like, you know, Oregon or Washington, whichever them lose the PAC 12 championship game. It'd be great to play them. Although they're coming into the big 10 next year, you know, and then you have, um, you know, some of the other top teams right now, um, you know, the the big 12 teams or whatever that, that could make a really interesting matchup, Oklahoma or Texas or, um, you know, and then even, you know, let's say Florida State loses and we get to play them or whatever. I probably wouldn't feel too great about playing Louisville. I don't know if they're in it for a, a, a you know, let's say a, an ACC championship Louisville. That would be interesting. Um, I, there are a lot of interesting matchups and, I, you know, I don't know all of the reasons why different teams make different bowls. Um, yeah, just not Tulane, I think, for me. Sorry, all you Green <laughs> yeah. Wave fans. I, uh... <laughs> I think we need to continue to win the off season, and the oh, best way to really? win the best way to win the off season is to go into the off season with a win. Um, but you're the last person the, that enjoys the 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 phrase "winning the off season." No, well, he did. I think Franklin does a great job of winning the off season and then stumbling during the season, and he's got to put both together. So I'd rather we move keep moving in the direction that we're moving and figure it out rather than take a step backwards. This could be a very difficult off season to be winning. Uh, unfortunately, exactly. or it so might I don't be. want Bama. I yeah. do not want Bama, but what if I you want end up team, beating Bama? The risk is just too high there because <laughs> I, I, I put us at a 10% chance to beat Bama. Okay. Well, so we don't find out till after the bowl or the, uh, the the conference championship games, which is, you know, we won't even know this after the next game or anything like that. I just thought it'd be fun to just start feeling it out a little bit before we, uh, you know, head into this Michigan State game. Well, we'll, also, we'll have a lot of opportunity to, to talk about that stuff, guys. But, um, you know, I think uh, I think it's time to call it for today. I've got a dog here whining 
to going crazy? let him out. He's, yeah, okay. he's saying, please be done with this podcast. Yeah, so, uh, we've we let him run late again, yet again. Yeah, exactly. We're good at this. So, uh, Joel, thanks for being with us. Appreciate it. Uh, another fun by the numbers. Yeah, boys. I will uh, I will talk to you guys soon. All right. You can hear thanks, him whining Joel. in the background. Thanks for being yeah. with us, Joel. <laughs> All right. And, bro, here we are um, on the verge of our last regular season game against Michigan State, 7.30 p.m. this Friday. Um, hope it's a good one to end with, but uh, whether it is or not, I'm glad you'll be there with me this coming weekend, uh, this coming week to, to recap it. Um, until then, bro, it always starts with I love you. And it ends with I love you. It always starts with I love you. We are Penn State. Thanks for listening to the Blue and White Brothers. Join us next time for another great episode about Penn State football. Want to make sure you don't miss an episode? Be sure to hit subscribe before you go. And if you enjoyed the show, please don't hesitate to give us a five-star review with overwhelming words of adulation and praise. 